would, go with me to Psalm 23, Psalm 23 tonight, and as we come to the, the end of this psalm, the end of this series, I want to uh, bring you uh, to what the Lord ha- would have for us in really in these last few words of this psalm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot, and not just because of uh, Brother Gilbert, of course, uh, my mom is... Uh, getting very close uh, to leaving this world, and it just you just I guess the older you get, the more we we tend to think about how we're heading somewhere for eternity. Just stop and think about that. Our bodies are not going to endure forever. No one can live forever. Uh, sometimes we feel that we would, but the Bible, when you search the scriptures, the Bible actually calls this earthly body that we live in actually refers to it as a tabernacle or a tent. In the Old Testament, you see that picture of how that there was a, a temporary structure that they would set up, and it was known as the tabernacle where God's people would assemble together, and of course, the priests would go in and on behalf of the people. But when we understand this matter that our our bodies are not a permanent uh, situation, that they're temporary. We realize that God does have a permanent dwelling place for us. And that is something that we find in the scriptures. It's something that excites me. And if you notice the verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible says, therefore, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved... We have a building of God and house not made with hands, a house that is eternal in the heavens. You see, the Bible is clear there that our earthly house, if this earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, that we do have a permanent dwelling place. God has a place for us, temporary meeting places, that's, they're temporary, that's what they are. They, you're not going to meet there forever. Right now, Brother Lewis and his uh, wife and his sons, they have uh, started to gather as they started the brand new church that God put on their heart. They're meeting in a temporary location. They're not planning to stay there forever. They're praying that maybe God would open the door and they would be able to find a building that would be a more permanent situation for their church. And when I think about what the Bible's talking here in Psalm 23, how that we are in a tabernacle, we're in a tent, so to speak, a temporary dwelling place, and one day, no doubt, that we will, like Brother Gilbert did, we're going to lay down our bodies of this flesh, and we are going to be with Jesus for all of eternity if we know him as our Savior, and again, that brings us to Psalm 23 in verse number 6, where the last verse of this psalm says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then look at this. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever. Now, you know, the old Greek teacher said years ago, forever means forever. Uh, When you stop and think about it, this is for all of eternity. God may give us uh, three score, three score ten, four score years, maybe less, maybe more, but according to the word of God and this psalm that we that know the Lord, 
we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The words forever, they're powerful words. Because we see here that, that in life, everything that we are a part of, everything eventually comes to an end. Someday I, I will no longer be the pastor of this church, and someday I, I, I will leave this world. Everything that we have comes to an end. You think about every day, 60 seconds, it, it, it gives way to one minute, and how we find that there are 24 hours in a day, and then that day is over, and how that there's seven days in a week, and then that week is over. When you think about how in our lives, we mark our lives by our days, by our weeks, by our months, and by our years. See, as Christians, when we think about, look, at we have with this ending, because this life that we have will soon be over, but with this ending for the Christian, it's really just a new beginning. And we find that that, that new beginning that we have will have no ending. That's a great thought there because the Bible says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's no ending. And we stop and think about this, how in our lives, certainly we need to make sure that we have uh, the homes that the Word of God describes. We need to make sure, first of all, that you and I have a heavenly home. I hope that, that you know the Lord is your Savior tonight. This is the most important home that you can ever have, is to have a heavenly home. But it's all, look here, that while we're in this life, it is important that we also have a Christian home. There's a difference between a home and a Christian home. I'm not talking about just because you might have some religious pictures hanging on the wall. I'm talking about a place where the, the Lord God is the center of your home, that you are raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and where you are praying before your meals and you're thankful for all God's doing. That's what a Christian home is. And listen, your home needs to be a Christian home. So we need to make sure we have a heavenly home. We need to make sure that we have a Christian home, and then we need to make sure that we have a church home. Aren't you glad for Bible Baptist Church? I was sitting up here on the platform looking around the auditorium and just looking at some of you and, and just thinking about how long that I've known you, how long you've been here at the church. Some have been here longer than I have. Some really haven't been here long at all. I just love the fact how God brings people, and the Bible says that God tempers the body. He's the one that gives the increase. And I don't think it's any mistake when people walk through the doors. I, I don't think it's any mistake when people are added to this body. And listen, this isn't our church. This is the Lord's. When I think about church, I love church. I love to come. To, matter of fact, on Sundays, I get here. Let's see, I think I got here this morning at about 5.50. I made the mistake, Brother Rogan, after the couples retreat, I went home and I took a nap, and then after I got up from the nap, I went to bed. So I couldn't sleep anymore this morning. God woke me up about 5 o'clock, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go to your house. I've been here since 5.50, and I love every minute of it. I haven't left all day. Somebody said yesterday, Brother Kenny and I were doing some stuff, and they, they said, uh, I think you, I think it's Brother John, he says, I think you all sleep here. And I said, well, we got some beds in the back, you know. But I love church. 
and I hope you do too, but these are, these are homes that we need to make sure that we have. And, and listen, I don't know about you, but I love going to church, and I love having a Christian home, but I can't wait until someday I'm going to spend all of eternity with the Lord. I was reading about uh, one of the greats from many years ago, John Wesley. John Wesley lived a, a pretty long life, a pretty, pretty blessed life, but in 1753, John Wesley... He, he thought, he believed he was dying. He had gotten seriously sick, and, and, and he was so sure that he was going to die that they said that he actually wrote his own epitaph for his tombstone. He wanted to make sure that it said what he wanted it to say. And so he went through all this process, and he lived 38 years longer. I mean, he thought he was going to die, and What's interesting is, is that from his testimony, that the sickness that he had in his life, he, God used that to where it actually caused Wesley to live his life more intensely for the Lord than the beginning and earlier years of his life. I mean, they said if you knew Wesley in those last 38 years, every day, he made it count for the Lord. He did all that he could, and he made sure that when God did take him home, that it would be a sweet reunion with the Lord. You see, what, what is it in your life? I mean, I thought of Wesley. I've thought about some in our church. I think about Brother Gilbert, and I may have said this last week, but Brother Osvaldo was telling me, he said, Pastor, he said, you know, I was trying to help Brother Gilbert. I was trying to be a blessing to him. He says, I don't know if many people knew it. He says, but Brother Gilbert actually was dealing with 31 different medical issues with his body. 31. That's hard for me to imagine. That much going on in one human body. And yet that man loved God. That man got up every day singing songs in his house, waking up Brother Adam with his singing. I think about how you and I, we need to think about maybe what is it that, that maybe God has brought into our lives to cause us to think more about him. See, I think many times it's those, those what we would think of maybe bad things as things God's using to bring us closer to him. My wife and I, we, my first pastorate, it was pretty much a train wreck. We got there and just tried to love people, try to share the word of God. And I, I mean, it just went from, from, from a, a, a wedding and a honeymoon to just a, a total train wreck. And uh, in about a year's time, I just, I thought, Lord, what? Why am I here? But I'll tell you, in my life, I know there's been a few other times, but that was probably the, the time in my life that I may have been the closest to the Lord that I've ever been. God brings things into our lives, and he allows things so that we would think about him, and that's what brings us to Psalm 23. I think that's why this psalm is so dear to so many, because when we read it, it causes us to think about him. It causes us to think about passing through this life. And it ends on this note, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. We're not going to live forever on this earth. Psalm 23 helps us understand that if we are God's children, then we will live with the Lord. We will dwell with the Lord forever. And it's an interesting statement that you find in another book, a little small book over in the New Testament, the book of Jude. It's just one chapter. The book of Jude, in the 13th verse of that little bitty book, it makes this interesting statement. It says, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Did you hear those words? The blackness of darkness for how long? Forever. What a contrast you see from the last verse in Psalm 23. Because Psalm 23 shares with us that, according to the Bible, one group of people are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, but according to Jude, another group of people are going to dwell in the blackness of darkness forever. The question that maybe you want to ask yourself tonight is, where am I headed? Because according to the Bible, there is no purgatory. It's either heaven or hell. I told somebody Wednesday night after our Bible study, I said, if you, if you look in the scriptures, here's what you find, that God did not prepare hell for us. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. See, God is not willing that any would perish. God wants everyone to go to heaven. So much so that he gave his only begotten son. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you get the picture? See, the Lord wants everyone to be saved. But see, people that go to hell, they choose to go to hell. And according to the Bible, in Jude, they are going to dwell in the blackness of darkness forever. I don't know about you, but I think I would rather dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we think about this statement here in Psalm 23, notice tonight this matter of entering the family of God. I always think it's neat how Brother Kenny, a lot of times he, he'll do, the, oftentimes he'll, he'll pick the songs for our services, and he'll do that on Monday or Tuesday. And most time he has no idea what the, now he knows that I've been in Psalm 23, but those songs tonight, so fitting for what we're going to look at here, and this is one of them, is entering into the family of God, being a child of God. I'm a child of, of the king. I'm a child of the royal family. I've been adopted. You know, it's a valid question. A lot of people will ask this, how do I actually get into the family of God? How do I become a part of God's family? Well, listen, just like you became a member of your family, you become a member of God's family by birth. It's the same exact way. The Bible talks about how we who are in Christ, that we are a child of God, that our names have been written down. As, as Gentiles, the Bible tells us that, again, that we have been adopted into the family of God. Our birth, as far as the scriptures tell us, is not talking about a physical birth, it's talking about a supernatural a spiritual birth. See, watch this. All of us, right now, we've had a birthday. 
a physical day that you were born. If you're saved, then you've had a spiritual birthday. You've already had two birthdays. Now, if you've had two birthdays, then you're only going to have one death day. But if you've only had one birthday, you're going to have two death days. I don't know if you get that. You're going to die physically, and you're going to die spiritually. You're going to be separated from God for all of eternity. That's why this matter of being a part of God's family, look at Galatians 4. Here's some great verses tonight. The Bible says in Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. See, God, God waited for the exact time, the place. He, he, look, this was not plan B for God. It was in God's timing, in the fullness of time. Why? That we, we might receive the adoption of sons. Ephesians 1 and verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Just think about that, that he had chosen. God wants everyone to be saved. God doesn't, uh, look, it's not just a select group of people that God says can be saved, and these people over here cannot be saved. God is not a respecter of persons. God wants all to be saved, and it's always been God's will that we would be saved from the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his good will. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18. And notice, he will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You are one of his children, his son or his daughter. That's why a lot of times in our church we call one another brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, you're my sons. Listen, I don't know a sweeter thing to hear that he is my heavenly father. God gave me a wonderful dad when I was, uh, my dad's, about two years ago my dad passed away. But I'll tell you what, the day that I got saved was the greatest day of my life because I knew my dad would not live forever, but I know that God has always been and God always will be. And the Bible says here that we, he's going to be a father unto us. Look at John chapter 1. Love these couple verses. As many as received him. See, if you're saved tonight, if you received the truth and you believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, watch this now, they were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but the Bible says they were born of God. Remember what Jesus told Nicodemus? Ye must be what? Born again. Boy, Nicodemus struggled with that. And by the way, Nicodemus, he knew the scriptures. He said, how, how can, can I enter my mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus said, no, he says, there must, be, there must be a spiritual birth. And Nicodemus really struggled with that. So many today think that they can do this or do that or come from a certain family. Look, you can even be a member of Bible Baptist Church, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a part of the family of God. Because the Bible says here in John 1, 
that you need to be born of God. That actually means to be born again, a spiritual birth. Only God can do that. Look at Luke 10, 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice. Why? Because your names are written where? They're written in heaven. And by the way, God's ink does not disappear over time. God doesn't write it and then erase it. Our names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You see, and I love this, how when you look at this thought here tonight, how the Bible says here, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see that word Lord, the title of the Lord there, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D? There's real significance to that. There are titles that you find in the Word of God about God Himself. This particular word is used as Jehovah God. He is the covenant God of His people. And when you think about this matter of dwelling together in the house of the Lord, we're talking about dwelling with the God who makes a covenant with His people, that He is their shepherd and that we are His sheep. So the Bible is telling us here in Psalm 23 and verse number 6, that when we leave this world, that we will dwell forever in the house of our covenant God. The matter of dwelling in his house. Look, folks, it's this simple. When you look at it this way from the word of God, when you think about dwelling in his house, that matter was settled or can be settled at the moment that you put your faith and trust in him. The moment that you were saved, you entered into God's family. And because I am a part of God's family, and because you are a part of God's family, watch this, his house is your house. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Jesus said that where I am, there you may be also. So we have this wonderful thought tonight about being a part of the family of God. And I know that for me years ago that uh, I was born on September the 5th, 1963, and then many years later on January 22nd, 1984, God saved my wretched soul, and now I have a home in heaven according to the Word of God. I hope tonight that you can think about the time and the place. You may not know the specifics, but I'll tell you this, you need to be sure of your salvation. Don't, don't just hope that you're saved. I've told many people over the years, and I never try to cause a doubt in somebody's mind, but I've told many people, if you're not 100% sure, then if I was you, I'd settle that. I want to know for sure. The Bible says that these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. And we need to make sure that we're a part of God's family. And if, if heaven is your home, then guess Guess where you will not spend eternity? In the blackness of darkness forever. According to the word of God, you will dwell in the house of the Lord. And that's why the psalmist starts Psalm 23 with these words. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. He's my shepherd. How can he say that? Because he had entered into God's family. See, when we come to the end of this psalm, it's about entering the family of God, but it's also about enjoying God's presence. You see, a lot of people today, 
they say that they have entered God's family, that they've had a time and a place. But when you look at their life, they really, in many regards, don't seem like they're enjoying being in God's presence, enjoying the life that God would have for them. They spend a lot of their time doing anything and everything except communing with the Lord, spending time with the Lord. And when you think about this, look, this is about God's children, you and I, knowing our Heavenly Father. One of our members who hasn't been able to come to church for quite some time, he called me yesterday morning. Brother Kenny and I were out there, we were cooking the breakfast, and I mean, we, there was a lot going on out there. And, uh, and we were trying to, trying to get things done. My phone rang, and I looked at it, and I saw his name on my phone, and I knew I needed to take it. And he was weeping uncontrollably. As a matter of fact, most of what he said, I could not even understand him. But the little bit I did understand, he was telling me about how in his Bible reading, in his devotional time, how God had shown him, he was reading about Joshua. And he said, oh, I had such a sweet time with the Lord. And I thought, wow. Here he is in his late 80s. And he knows his heavenly father. I'm not saying you don't know him tonight. But do you know him intimately? Do you know him the way that you should know him? Because watch this, someday you're going to dwell in his house forever. You don't have to wait until you get there to know him. You can know him now. I mean, praise the Lord, you are saved, but do you talk with him daily? Do you get in his word on a daily basis? Remember, Psalm 23 is all about he's our shepherd, he's leading us, and we are following him. I mean, folks, listen, his presence in our lives, when you think about a shepherd and sheep, the sheep can see him, the shepherd, but the shepherd can see them, the sheep. There's such a relationship that is there in the Bible tells us in Psalm 23 that, that the sheep don't have anything to be afraid of. They, they don't have to worry. Why? Because thou art with me. The shepherd's there with them. Psalm 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. See, God, look, as our shepherd, he's guiding us in this life that we're now living but when, when, our, when our time comes to step from this life into eternity, he won't have to guide us anymore. Why? Because we'll be with him. But until then, he is guiding us. He doesn't need us. Uh, we don't need him to guide us after death. We will be in his presence and we'll see him the moment that you and I step out of this world. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Precious in the sight of the God is the death of his saints. You see, God is with us and he'll guide us every step of the way. The Bible says here, even unto death in Psalm 48, 14. 
he goes with us. Even in the experience of death, God is with us. And the Bible says that when we leave this world, we are going to be with him. Well, where are we going to be with him at? Well, look at what Psalm 11 verse 4 says. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Just in case you were wondering where God is, where the abode of God is. The Bible says that the Lord's throne is in heaven. So look, when we look at Psalm 23, I think we need to understand this matter of how do we actually get into or enter into the family of God. And then once we're a part of the family of God, we need to be enjoying God's presence because we're going to be with him for all of eternity. And then notice lastly tonight, this matter of eternity in God's house. And I love John 14, Jesus trying to calm the hearts of his disciples as he's getting closer to the cross where he's going to give his life not only for them, but for all of mankind. And the Bible says that he tells them there, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. What a promise. And receive you unto myself. Look at this, that where I am, there ye may be also. Did you notice there in verse number three, a lot of times certain words, because of maybe maybe the part of speech that they are, certain words we gloss over, we don't notice, we don't take notice of them. But in verse number three, look at the word there. He says, where I am, there. Well, we just saw in Psalm 11, verse four, that the Lord's throne is in heaven. And he says here, in John 14, 3, he says that where I am, there ye may be also. So look, I don't know about you, but I would rather be there. You know, I, I said to Brother Mike, he got here this morning, and he was, he was getting ready for the day back there in the sound room. And I said, how are you doing? And he says, I'm here. And I says, well, it's better to be here than there. But I looked at him and I was thinking about the message tonight. I'd rather be there than here. <laughs> I love church, but listen, it's going to be a great day when we're with the Lord. We're there. We're looking forward to that day that we're going to be with the Lord. There is being in the presence of God. Again, Jesus said that where I am, there ye may be also. We are going to be with him someday, but here's the great part, for all of eternity. I will dwell in the house of the Lord, how long? Forever. Forever. See, we've looked at many aspects of this psalm tonight. Philippians 3.20 tells us that our conversation, and that word's not just the words we speak, but it's really referring to the life that we live. And look at this verse here, our conversation is in heaven. See, we're still here. But really, it's all about what's going to happen when we get there. Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to tell you tonight as we look at the end of this psalm, what doesn't really make sense is that people would say that they're going to be with the Lord in heaven someday, but then they care nothing about 
being with him today, being with him now, enjoying his presence now. Do you know that when you read your Bible that you can actually invite the Lord in while you're reading your Bible? Do you know that while you're praying that you can come boldly before the throne of God's grace? Do you know that whenever you're witnessing to someone that he will be with you, that wherever you go, he says, and lo, I am with you always. It's a wonderful thing to think about. You know, a lot of times we just think God's up there, we're down here, and that one day we're going to be up there with him. But Jesus said, I will be with you wherever we go. See, one day it will be a tremendous, blessed comfort. I think about how many times Brother Gilbert was in and out of the hospital in the last probably year of his life. I think he was at the hospital almost more than he was home. But I know this, being at the hospital did not bring him comfort. Most of you that have been in the hospital, you know that's true. They come in at the most unbelievable early morning hours just to poke you. Take blood out, give you medicine, make you do this, make you do that. But see, someday we're going to have that blessed comfort when we finally make it home. See, this world's not our home, we're just passing through. Heaven is already our home. A lot of people spend so much time focusing on down here instead of up there. I don't, I'm not going to get carried away about the things of this life because watch this, someday it's all going to be gone. I think it's, it's sad many times when someone passes and leaves this world and then their family starts bickering and arguing and fighting over their possessions. The only thing that matters is eternity. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to live for God here and now. But only what's done for Christ is what's going to last. And I love this psalm that we've looked at over these last, oh, maybe... 10, 12 weeks. And I love how it ends here, how we know that we're going to be with our Father. Why? Because we're His children. We will dwell in His house forever. Think about that. If you're saved tonight, that means you're going to have to put up with me forever. And I'm going to have to put up with you forever. But I don't look at it that way. Because I'll tell you what, heaven's going to be a sweet place. So tonight, if you would, you have your Bible open there to Psalm 23. It's just six verses, but I'd like to read this psalm together tonight out loud. We don't do this often. But if you have your Bible there, would you turn with me to verse 1? I'll give you a moment to get there, and, and we'll read these verses together. All right, everybody there? All right, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, this psalm is a song, and it's something that the Hebrew people would sing. And I said many weeks as we were studying this psalm, that this song, this psalm, is not about the sheep. It's all about the shepherd. Would you bow your heads with me tonight with our heads bowed? Lord, thank you so much for your leading in our lives, for your care, for your protection, for your provision. Lord, the fact that because you're with us, we have nothing to fear. Lord, even when our enemies, God, you help us with that. You anoint our head with oil. You provide your spirit for us. We're so blessed. Our cup runneth over. You give us your goodness and mercy that many times we take for granted. And Lord, we have so much to look forward to because one day we that know you will dwell in your house forever. What a promise, what a blessing, what a comfort, what a hope. Lord, I think about those, I pray there's no one here tonight or no one listening by way of live stream, that because they have not trusted you as their Savior, that they would spend eternity separated from you in the darkness of the blackness forever. God, may they come to the saving knowledge before it's eternally too late. That they would trust you and you alone for their salvation. Lord, again, thank you for this wonderful psalm. For the time you've given us to meditate on it, Lord, may we take it with us. And God, may it be our anthem, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, we shall not In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.